1: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Hello, welcome to the Snooker Scene podcast. I'm Dave Hendon. This week I've had a chat with the Irishman Fergal O'Brien, 1999 British Open champion and runner-up in the 2001 Masters. Just one thing, Fergal is quite softly spoken, so you might want to turn the volume up. Fergal, what are your early members of Snooker? How did you start playing the game?
0: Uh earliest when I was watching that on TV, um my favorite collection actually of the World Cup, you know, with State Express, where you're in Mount or something. Um and then I started watching them for Christmas, I got a very small table that literally just fit on the kitchen table. And then the following year my grandparents got me an eight by four table. It was only eight, like but that was like huge to me. I thought it was a full size, it was that big. <laughs> um so I literally played on that day and night for years, and then I at 12 or so I started going to the clubs with my dad on a Sunday morning, and then I'd say from around the age of 14 I started going travelling, playing in like, junior tournaments, uh, and certainly from 14 that was all I wanted to do.
1: These were heady times for snooker, we're talking now early 80s, so this is like the boom period, it's on the TV all the time, a great time to discover the game.
0: Yeah, absolutely, like, I still remember as a 10-year-old Alex Siggins winning the World title, and uh, gone up to my room straight after doing a bigger poster, uh, you know, Alex Higgins, world champion. Yeah. And then, of course, then um, watching Taylor. Uh, Davis, finally, uh, at home, sitting on the couch with my mum, and <laughs> we were cheering for tennis, so Davis was playing, her we were going, miss, miss, miss. Mm. But um, that was obviously fantastic, and I think more, it was in around that time, I think, around that Christmas, it seems that everybody got a 6 foot 3 table that Christmas was mm. exploding.
1: What was yeah. the scene like then in Ireland at that time?
0: Very um, very strong amateur uh, amateur game really. Um, obviously the junior players obviously Cam's three years ahead of me, so he was starting to. When I was fourteen, he was seventeen. I think he was already Irish champion by then. So there was very good, very good strong international team. You know, fellas that did well and world amateurs and the likes. And mm. um, so sort of coming through, and obviously the likes of Ken, Stephen Murphy, Anthony O'Connor, they were kind of the next. They were. Bodine professionals, mm. even when they were amateurs, effectively. And then uh, and obviously then once Ken and Stephen Murphy went away to England where Eugene was. And that's sort of like the next few behind, like myself, Joe Delaney, Stephen O'Connor, we kind of came a little bit to the fore. And then of course it went open. Mm. Then anybody go Pro, I think about 35 or so from Ireland, yeah. overnight became professionals. You know, yeah.
1: so. when did it, Was there a moment where you thought... This isn't only fun, but I'm actually good at it. Did you Did you realise? Hang on, I can actually play this game.
0: God, I, I, I don't know if I had had such a amount of such more that you know you kind of knew you were good. But obviously, even when I was young, like eleven, I played when well, I played football. So I was fourteen. So mm. when I was a kid, like eight nine, I was you know to still going to bed with football under right. the arm, rather than the queue. So and then during the summers, so I wouldn't play, pick up the cue at all. We play playing pitching football, tennis, or whatever was on TV. Mm. But this is probably more around 14, 15. wasn't so much a to me that I was good, and more dawned to me that this is what I wanted to do, whether it was good or not whether it was neither doing or there, <laughs> I was going to make myself good.
1: And what is it about snooker that you th- think attracted you I mean obviously you enjoyed watching it on TV but in terms of because it's a very disciplined sport isn't it, you've got to be mm. disciplined Is that do you think it suits your personality? Yeah it does,
0: the discipline is mm. boy, what I, could probably, I could probably do it easing off on the discipline sometimes <laughs> um, yeah no just I like the idea of playing just one person so it's in your control mm. um, so you're not relying on those and also then from experience playing football as I was as it was starting to play and I played on a very good team and mm-hmm. um, you know, I didn't fancy uh, <coughs> around 12, 13, fellas were trying to take a, take a bit of a stretch, Was getting footballs, getting a little bit more physical. and Weak, tricky wingers like me were you know getting booted up, so I wasn't so keen, and having the left-back shouting at me, telling me what to do, mm. that lost a little bit of a pain as well. So mm. the result, you were obviously relying on others, but also if it was going bad, you didn't have somebody in your ear half. <laughs> they yeah. giving you abuse from the sidelines.
1: Absolutely. So, talk about turning pro. As you say, this was 91, so this has just gone open. You can literally just turn up. But uh, w- were there doubts about doing it? Because it's a bit of a leap into the, the unknown, isn't it? Especially when you're still young.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think what was important for me at that time is the year previously, which had finished in 1990, and it's still done. I'd only finished school in nineteen ninety four. Uh, I finished number two in Ireland in the rankings, but hadn't won up on the <coughs> points terms as such, similar to like eight ranking events. Uh, and even the start of the next season, I left school, I was playing loads, I was actually, tournaments were getting worse, yeah. but then in the new year of 91, I won one, and then I won another one. So the last tournaments I played in Ireland, before I went to England, I won. So the fact that I won two tournaments kind of gave me a little bit of a boost, because kind of, the theory was, you know, if you can't be winning in Ireland, you're hardly going to win over in England. Mm it's um, so that probably conference-wise yeah. is very important and yeah. then going to England um, you know the first year but it's more even the year after when I moved to England that was effectively the breakthrough of, you know the success if I've had any I wouldn't have had if I didn't move you know if you look at the players the yeah. most successful Irish pl- Republic round players of all time Ken Darnie myself and Eugene Hughes <coughs> we all were actually at one time in the same club yeah. in Elford so that day-in-day competition of players that's what brought me on was a higher standard in that club mm. than there was in Ireland mm.
1: but yeah, I mean the, the first um, people also talk about the Norbreck in Blackpool but actually when you turned pro it was pre norbreck wasn't it this was like the first year so it was played in snooker clubs right?
0: yes yeah. played in snooker clubs uh, Aldershot mm. uh, Bolton and Sheffield mm. as I said I was living in there <coughs> I was living actually with um, Stephen O'Connor uh, for a few months and Tim Dunphy mm-hmm. and Dunphy's son sure. Um so we, I can still remember like because obviously money was tight you know uh, you know, twelve o'clock after a match, maybe getting on the National Express from twelve o'clock from Sheffield, mm. six hours to London morning. you know, getting the train back home then to be nine o'clock to try and cut down on call server. Mm. So that was good travelling. But I did okay in that I could won a good lot of matches. So there was enough uh success there. Certainly given you enthusiasm. I think after the first year I finished hundred and ninety two, which mm. wasn't too bad considering yeah. it was whatever. And then it was the following year then I moved to uh, England you know from the February of 92 I moved mm. had a house for six months which brought me more or less up to Blackpool mm. so day in day out I had to play really well just mm. to stay on the table because you could if you lost that first best of seven in the morning mm. uh, you know they're good players Mark King Chris yeah. Brooks you know Stuart Reardon oh, yeah. Stuart Parnell all became professionals yeah. you'd have lost that first one. that was you, your day done because it was winner days stays on yeah so you'd have to go down the hall and play on your own. Mm. So day in, day out was very competitive. Plus, there used to be a lot of tournaments in the club, so, and pro-ams in and around. So combination of day-in, day-out practice with good players. Um, and lots at the same time, if they were there, you were trying to get a game with Ken and Ronnie as well. Because sure. they were obviously ahead, so they might be away at tournaments and then we'd be trying to fight over their tables as mm. such. Um, and then So day-in, day-out practice in those tournaments games came on mm. greatly.
1: Do you remember the first venue and um, sort of first TV match? Because that's always a big breakthrough, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Well, the first like, venue, such from those qualifiers, was actually Trenton Gardens. Right. When I say venue, that was instead of down to the meeting Started off in round one, mm. now it's around five, so mm. there's maybe 160, 190, yeah. but it was still. And that first year as well, I got to the first round proper. Of qualifying, <laughs> into mm. I won four or five matches of the world Championship, got to in the Guildhall mm. to qualify for five, so it's still five to get to the cruise. We yeah. lost the first one. So um, yeah, a lot
1: of people listening, they weren't if they're new to the game, they won't realise there was literally sort of twelve rounds in because the, there was like seven hundred people who would entered the tournament, so you, it took a long time to get down to like the TV stages.
0: Yeah, like five. Like I, I said, I where I was, I'd five matches away from being in the cruise, mm. but I had won five matches. Yeah. Four or five months previously, mm. just to get to this stage, because mm. obviously they take it five hundred to get down to sure. one hundred twenty eight, one hundred ninety two, mm. and then the following, following summer, such so I qualified for a few. So I got to last sixty four the So the Guildhall was probably the first mm. venue I played last time. Gary Wilkinson, uh, tournament director. And yeah. um, and I also qualified that year for Thailand, mm. which was in March of ninety three, and I beat Steve Davis there. So that was okay. that was a that was a real big breakthrough. Mm. Do you remember your first TV game? Steve Davis was on TV. Okay. It was on TV. But was that shown back home? Yeah it was actually. Because oh, okay. remember um, it was one of the early Sky Sports was mm. actually Peter Revden was doing the I think he still had his ponytail, he was doing the right. you know, interval analysis and such. Okay. So that was a big thing. Yeah. I beat him on the black, so was, mm. and then afterwards as well, he mm. asked me to um obviously he was just up the road and he asked me mm. if I wanted to come down a couple of times to practice which mm. I did a couple of times because so.
1: mm. that's big isn't it because you know you can tell people oh I'm a snooker professional but they, they, they might say well I'm, I was watching it last week I didn't see you but when you're actually on TV you, people can see it
0: yeah exactly it adds, <laughs> add more, adds more credence to it it's, mm. as Graham Dodd always says about matches that are on TV or are not on TV he's doing the cubits he says you can lie you know yeah. if somebody says "How did you <laughs> know, I lost 4-2 I was a little bit unlucky people mm. buy that Yeah. but if you're playing on TV they can say well you might have been a bit lucky, but you did miss three blacks out of their spots. And, mm. you know, so you, you can't lie. So it's, a, it's certainly a greater uh, test. Mm.
1: You mentioned you, you watched Alex Higgins win the World Championship. You watched Dennis Taylor win it. '94, you qualified for the Crucible. And in the first frame, you make a century. You're still the only person ever to do that. which mm-hmm. suggests you've gone there feeling
0: relaxed. Can you remember how you were feeling going in? It's a, it's a funny thing. The year before, uh, I think Brian Marvin played. This it just happened to be random I didn't watch that m- that much but, mm. but he missed an 80 or something I remember leaving the comment here saying I don't think he's ever, anybody's ever right. made a century yeah. but don't have how that registered but even with McManus I wasn't overly aware of it um, I, I'd just come from the Irish Masters in Goths where I got to the semi finals mm. <coughs> and i have beaten Stephen Hendry probably one of the best ever performances sure. there so my confidence was quite good um, I played Allen, I the ended up being 9-3 down made it clearance to go 9-4 got back to 9-7 and lost the next one even on the black so made it come back there so um, yeah but around the time I said I was playing myself wasn't, I was more good concentration but you were just concentrating mm. the job in hand mm. obviously you kind of the back of it you knew where you were mm. but probably actually subsequently sometimes I went back there the have had more of an impact than maybe the first time I was mm. probably just in maybe a good groove and concentrating whereas if your concentration is that great mm. you know you can
1: Drift. <laughs> yeah, 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 I mean, well, it's interesting because we, you know the, cru- the Crucible is sort of um, you know it's it's made up to be quite rightly the sort of Holy Grail, the pinnacle, it's the World Championship. People, most people, have grown up watching it. What is it like to walk down those stairs? Do you feel the sort of history?
0: Yeah, you do very much. So, um, you know, obviously as a kid, as has grown up, Europe I was very at all the books. So I was very aware of mm. who won what and all the mm. you know, the history of the matches. So, I'm very very aware of that um, to get to play, and then obviously. Such as the stature of it, you know, a big thing. If you're talking to people, have you played on tennis? Mm-hmm. Have you played in the cruise? Mm-hmm. And if so, what's your best in the world championships? They're mm-hmm. kind of like the maybe some defining questions mm-hmm. that people ask in the same way. I don't really care who won a term, tennis tournament in Dubai, mm-hmm. but I'm interested in Wimbledon. Sure. Or if somebody gets the quarters of Wimbledon is a far bigger deal than mm-hmm. if they won in Dubai or China. So you can't really downplay it because it's. You know uh, mm. the importance of it and, uh, and once we do have the UK Championship and the Masters it's, it's not quite the same mm. whereas in golf they have four majors mm. Sneakers uh, only really has the one because um, the, the, the proof of that is I know they're trying to make up the big three and they are the three most prestigious but Jimmy White's won them all but if people ask Jimmy yeah. White they don't know what he has won they just yeah. know he hasn't won the World Championship so yeah. um, so we're always trying to do well in that and they claimed some sort of a record there. Sure.
1: So, as we say, you, you've turned pro in the open era. Now most of the guys who turned pro then who entered fell by the wayside, but you came through it, you started to rise in the rankings. So, sort of mid-90s we're talking now, did you start to feel comfortable as a professional? Did you start to think, yeah, actually, you know, I can do really well out of this game?
0: Yeah, I probably felt that early enough, even mm. that, that 93, 94, i yeah. wouldn't a lot of matches. Um, you know, something about reset. I, I don't think it, I gave really any credence at all to the way the rankings were, mm. or like if you asked me goals, I might have just said the general, yeah, you want to get mm. the rankings or top sixteen or whatever. But it wasn't, it wasn't like actually sit down. I was more just happy playing and winning, trying to win every as many matches as I can. Mm. Um, so it's probably not not a bad loss. You're just happy winning and winning, and mm. as byproduct you were going up the rankings. It's like, but, you know, so no, it's a enough. I'd done I'd done well enough mm. that it gave me confidence.
1: Mm. Snooker is an individual sport, but every now and again there's a team event. The World Cup in in Thailand '96 was mm-hmm. a bit of a roller coaster for the Irish team, wasn't it? Uh, you, yeah. you, yourself and Ken and uh, Stephen Murphy. Stephen Murphy. Yeah. Uh, tell us about that. Cause yeah. You got to the final, of
0: course. Yeah, it was, it was a fantastic time. It was. Um, I have to say, Ken played absolutely amazing. Um, I think, but the group stage, I think myself, Ken, and Stephen Murphy had all more or less won the same amount of mm. frames. Because we were there for about two weeks until the Ken's part. Well, Ken's. David pal Finbar was over as well you were allowed to break, there was a sub came over in case anybody gained. Sure. To, Mick Judge came over hmm. and then the quarters I think we beat Canada and then the semis we beat England which was a great match in Canada practically yeah. won every frame even in the final he played fantastic yeah. so we were delighted because I remember coming back like a, Ken had obviously a bit more success than we were, like, myself. We got 18 grand each. Mm. And I just remember myself and Ken sitting there, even Stephen Murphy, you know, sort of saying, you know, you know save this, invest this, you know, don't blow it. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know... But uh,
1: great memories. I mean, you didn't quite win it, but to be together again, because, like I say, it's usually just an individual game, but to have that camaraderie must have been fantastic. Yeah,
0: <laughs> exactly. You know, also, I suppose, Ken and Stephen had grown up together, mm. and this is even when I was starting off. They were the two, as they're about three years ahead, they were the two, you know, really rivals or there's, you know, a little bit of a Davis and White yeah. type of characters and mm. you'd, you'd see them you'd see them at tournaments, and, mm. you know, they're different characters, different, the way you go about it, and different supporters as such. Mm. So they were obviously very close. I was just a little bit younger. Yeah. It wasn't quite... Uh, yeah. I liked them and good on balls and quite, didn't quite on the day to, mm. that that obviously I would now But now it's a fantastic. time it's only when you look kind of, you know, were so close at the time a bit like ah yeah because it was a good week. But mm. you know it just didn't get played that many times thereafter. You know what I mean? Sure. So you'd like another crack at it?
1: Yeah. Let's talk about the nineteen ninety nine British Open, the first one that is, because there were two two that year. but yeah, in, yeah. in Plymouth, you won the first one against Anthony Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Um, what I remember about that was a lot of close frames in the final that you seemed to win. It was um, not only your first ranking title, but it was hard-earned, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, it was that that, that whole um, that whole week. Because uh, well, even a few days before, there was a final qualifier for the World Championships, mm. which I qualified. So I don't think i have done as well if that, because it's such a blow if you lose. Mm. But I the mean, first match, I stopped a 4-0 against Anthony Bolsover, came back on the frame, 5-4. Mm. Nixon was 5-4 was 4-1 up 5-4 then it was a bit easier I think it was 5-2 against Wilkinson 5-4 against in the quarters he missed at 4-3 missed a couple of blues I don't know Mm -hmm. how they didn't go in they just rattled 5-4 Higgins being 6-5 and then even Anthony the start Uh, because I know people because obviously first final for both and probably wasn't the glamorous final people were hoping expecting but first two frames Anthony had two times and he as you said but by the end of it, I won 9 7 on the black. But Anthony had outscored me by 300 mm. points. Mm. I'd made a few breaks, I'd made a century and a few others. I mm. wasn't, but he'd scored very heavy. But I, I'd nicked just a couple of finals and mm. made a big difference. But what was it like though at the
1: end? I mean, it must have been not just after, the immediate aftermath, but the sort of days afterwards, you must have been just on top of the world to have won a big tournament.
0: It was, yeah. But that finished on the Sunday, and then the following Friday, um, I went to the cruise Ball. Mm. I was playing first day, I think, and. Uh, I, <laughs> <terrible>. <laughs> I remember I broke off and hit the blue, I yeah. don't think I've ever done that, but yeah. I was 4-0 down to Drago, lost 7-2, and 10-4, 10 yeah. and I remember actually bumping into Andy Hamlet before he was going to play in the same, a week's a long time It's new. you know, it kind of was just a bit, yeah. but now when it's kind of, uh, now it's fantastic, fantastic 2-1, yeah. you know, and, and people, people still sense remember it, yeah. you know, not necessarily worldwide, but obviously people who don't do you know that i won the tournament. As sure, as well. sure. But uh,
1: unusually, you didn't get to sort of keep the trophy for the full year, did you? Because yeah. I think it was September when it was kind of the yeah, tournament yeah. was moved in the calendar, so suddenly you're defending it again.
0: Yeah, that okay. was a bit, a bit of a, a, a sickening, really, mm. because uh, um, you know, I'd only won it in April. Uh, you know, we had a few months because obviously you're kind of showing it around, yeah. giving it to people, so I haven't had that much time with it. And then yesterday we it back, and I remember even then. When I, I The last 16, I played. Uh, I remember I was raging because I played, mm-hmm. won a couple of matches, and I spent the last 16 and I won at night or something. Mm-hmm. And they put me on the very next morning against Joe Swale. Mm-hmm. They could have easily scheduled it. Mm-hmm. They could have easily scheduled, looks as these two whoever wins, don't put them on, put sure. them on in the afternoon. And I made a sluggish start and lost 5 1. So I remember it was a signal coming out. So again, you'd only won it in April if you come back four or five months later mm-hmm. and you're going out the door. I can remember that one as much as, mm. you, you know, winning because it was sick the way, you know, it was, it, it was bad the way they did it. Was so easily void, they said. whoever wins tonight's match, because mm. again, actually beat Andy Hicks in Plymouth is a, is a big enough deal. You know, mm. it was, it was a good crowd there, so um, I thought they could a handle a that bit better.
1: Speaking of raging, um, <laughs> th- let's talk about the Nations Cup final um, at Reading mm. because there was a famous incident where the referee basically told you to speed up in a not very subtle way. At a crucial moment.
0: Yeah, it, Alan <laughs> Chamberlain said to me, at the, and again, it was a crucial stage, and obviously it was a crucial stage, and I think maybe we were 4-3 down. Mm. Again in the final, again against Scotland. Um, and um, I was maybe 40 out ahead with John Higgins, but four reds left. So you're trying to your control it, not really make a mistake, because again, you're always conscious, not just for yourself, but you don't want to be the one to lose in a frame or whatever. But anyway, Alan Chamberlain comes out. Well, from the other side of the table, he says, like, Hurry up. He says, TV knocks off, in a couple of minutes from <laughs> <laughs> Again, look, um, if he, as I said, if he'd have come to, and by doing that, of course, then the crowd became aware, so the crowd got a little bit involved. And remember, feeling thereafter, the next shot I've made of it, John got in, I played a poor safety, and it cleared. And subsequently, they won the next few frames. It ended up being very quick, so it was an important frame, as it turned out. Remember, like there, I have to be very, very self-conscious in the arena because you kind of just it was it was very uncomfortable. Um, but look, I suppose if at the end of the frame he'd come to me in my chair on my own and said, "Look, it's in my mind to warn you, or I am warning yeah. you." Fair enough. If he makes a decision, you know, maybe it was overplaying the shot. Maybe the importance of the situation had gone in the way of me thinking. Maybe, but the way he handled it unprofessional if he comes home mm. and it says it's not, that's okay Grant, to just carry on
1: nobody knows you know, mm. but, uh. okay well let's talk about well it's it's sort of a happier memory and I guess not in some ways you got to the Masters final 2001 mm-hmm. one of the great occasions Wembley Conference Centre um, you go ahead against Paul Hunter 6-2 we know what happens he comes back to win ten nine. A, a crushing disappointment I'm sure at the time how do you look back on it now obviously considering the sad Events that led to Paul's passing.
0: Yeah, no, I was I was absolutely gutted at the time. You know, I, I probably, I probably in hindsight let it uh, get in at me maybe a little bit more than it should have mm. because instead of looking at look, cause, because because since finals were new, newish to me, you probably made it a bigger thing. Whereas like even the final year, he was seven-two down to mm. O'Sullivan. Mm. So if I lost from six-two, I was gutted. O'Sullivan. For all he's won, he was 7 2 up and still lost, mm-hmm. and Mark Williams was 5 0 up on the bottom. So I think over the course of, if you play in a career and you play 20, 30, 40 finals, you're going to win some amazing ones mm-hmm. and lose. So if you kind of just had to look at, well, that's one of the finals that's happened, and that'd be better for the experience as opposed mm-hmm. to being a cushion blow. Um, but it was only celebrating, obviously, you're to got sick, and obviously died then any disappointment you may have still had mm. you, you know you just have to let that go because mm. you know it, as disappointing as it was if you're looking back now the right thing was that he won mm. was that he won because obviously there was a the first of three so that him winning whatever my disappointment is has helped his legacy yeah. I can't be him that because you know as disappointing it was what then happened to him is obviously far far greater greater significance so mm. the right thing in hindsight, it was the right thing to happen that he, the way things planned that he won. But obviously, at the time, and but funny enough, that night because a few people from Ireland come over, mm-hmm. so I can still remember like when we were playing, remember he was at six in the morning, and Paul Hunter was sitting on my lap. <laughs> <laughs> we're having a, we're having a chat, you know, yeah, yeah. and uh, there was a guitar out with people singing. We yeah. did, we'd You know, we'd, by any other stretch of the imagination, we'd a great night because you know? yeah. I wasn't overly close with Paul, mm-hmm. and he'd probably a little bit younger and maybe a bit more sociable than me. <laughs> <laughs> um, not that we never had any run-ins no. But obviously something like that kind of yeah. So I clearly remember that This is him sitting on me lap at 6 in the morning you know? Brilliant
1: Not necessarily that match But more generally Do you sort of I mean for example Sometimes when you have a, an argument with someone Hours later you think If only I'd have said that at that point I'd have, I'd have gone yeah. Do you like with matches that close matches you've lost oh, think God. If i if I'd just played that shot instead of that one Do you replay it Or are I'm... you able to just draw a line under it and move on
0: obsessive is a is a is yeah. thing to run and right. play it. Yeah. If you play a match at night, you play a match and you lost. Uh, you could we play that shot or what you could have woulda should I mean hundreds of times in your mind. <coughs> Not that you're trying to consciously think it through and saying okay, what can I learn from this because half the time you don't want to be thinking about it but your mind has, has become so so active, you invested so much in it. And sure. literally could be you know, there be many, many like literally sleepless nights that come be four o'clock, you fall asleep for a couple of hours, <coughs> then you're up early again, bright as a button, and the first thing you remember is maybe, mm. you know, some, uh, that's always very uh, difficult, so, again, sometimes that can be involved even when you're playing, mm. if, if sometimes losing is so hard, sometimes when you're playing, obviously, actually, you get a bit fearful, because you don't want to lose because, mm. you know, mm. uh, those nights are
1: uh,
0: not so common, tre- tremendous highs and lows. Mm.
1: OK, so you've been in the top 16, as I say, you've been in the Masters final, you won a tournament, um, but then you dropped out the top 16 and you dropped out the top 32 and that sort of period in the, the mid-2000s weren't necessarily great for the sport, there weren't many tournaments, uh, long gaps between events. What was that time like for you as you just started to slip back a little bit?
0: Yeah, well, as I said, um, more so at that time, I said I was 16 at the end of 2000, I decided to change when I changed my queue, (coughs) but also in my queue action, I went to start working with Frank Cannon, Mm. Um, just I felt, just wanted to effectively become a better better player, so um, the work I did with him, I feel was good, and I became a better player with more knowledge, greater technique, more knowledge. But obviously, like a golfer changing the swing, that takes a period of bend in. So, obviously, the following year was a little bit ropey in matches and you're a bit more more technical thoughts yeah. than maybe previously had. So, as I slipped out of the 16. Then the following year I slipped out of the 32. And this is around that time. It was very hard then because if there's only six tournaments, it's hard mm. to, particularly if you're at the confidence is a little bit low. You're in a bit of a habit of losing games. The less tournaments you have, it's harder. So, you might play, you might win or lose, you know, for six weeks, and, sure. you know, that, uh, that was hard, words if you'd now, nowadays if even if you were strumming a little bit tournaments all the time, you get a little bit of a run, a bit of a momentum, so it wasn't great times to be playing, it wasn't great times to be not playing particularly well, because these mm. opportunities were so few and far between.
1: Mm, and also, you having to go to Prestatin and these sort of places, it's not a sort of necessarily glamorous uh, sort of, uh, yeah, yeah, sort of never, time, I've is never, it? i never, I've never,
0: yeah. never minded that okay. at all no matter where I played or pizza, oh, it's a okay, kid bar, mm. didn't, I? never going to grow, as long as Pristatin, I like Pristatin, I'd, mm. um, I found a nice little baby, my pal used to come out, yeah. and I always thought the tables were good. Mm. Yeah.
1: But but more generally, were you concerned, because if you start to slip down the list a little bit, the, the, the fear possibly is you're just going to keep going.
0: Yeah, of course, that's what mm. that had seeped in, I think, actually one of the years, maybe in 2005, there was talk they were going to cut the tour to 64. Mm and I think it was only around the 50s, of the states, so come to the world championships, it's possible. Yeah. I could have slipped off, but then the night before, I think that he rallied the troops, and mm. that wasn't going to be the case. We mm. ended up with Joe DeLady, and then a few weeks later, John Parrott to qualify in 05, so mm. that was kind of the end of that. But yeah, you're just course, you're always concerned about not really getting results. And mm. um, it's compounded, as it says, there's not that many tournaments to put it right. Sure. Yourself
1: and Ken have been the two leading. Republic of Ireland players for 20 years basically yeah. what is your sort of relationship like because obviously he's been world champion he's been kind of kind of the number one although I think you are ranked above him now yeah. are you friends do you get on yeah yeah,
0: yeah. we get on, we get on yeah. very well um, there's probably maybe a time probably I to say this is definitely the last few years, but definitely the best we we mm. ever got. Not that we, I wouldn't say this periods where we didn't get over. Because there's a
1: natural rivalry, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. It,
0: it was never it was never a period since we weren't talking to each other mm. or anything like that. Wasn't it wasn't
1: quite Tyler Higgins. No, no, no. It wasn't like, I'm from the north side of Dublin, you're <laughs> from the south side, none of
0: that. But yeah, I think there was always a competitive rivalry. Bearing in mind Ireland is a Dublin is a small enough place. Mm. The snooker community is a small enough place, so mm. it can be a little bit... Uh, to say, engrossed in, yeah. in it as such, um, so yeah obviously he was, he'd always been a few years ahead of me, um, he would had a far greater junior and amateur record than I, so he was called the benchmark that you're mm. looking to challenge, and, um, and just by the nature of I mean, it, was, like I said it was just like a natural rivalry, mm. but you know, I suppose I remember, so obviously it <laughs> was one of my goals, such was to become number one in Ireland, yeah. Yeah, it was not a, a massive thing. Mm. I remember one time I got beaten in the worlds to qualify. The next day I was flying home. I was at the airport. we was just checking results, and I'd see Ken got beaten. I mean, pal goes, "Can be? So oh, you're, you're higher ranked than Ken now?" And I'm like I oh, make I was thirty eighth. It was a bit like yeah. I, was, I was one of those who were like I wanted this for years. This, this ain't worth shit mm. to me, <laughs> you know, because I hadn't qualified for the worlds yeah. like Like was far better than Ken. I much preferred being number nine behind Ken who was at number seven. Mm. You know, so the, just by the nature of it, he's, he's competitive. Uh, so am I. So we've not practice games, would be competitive obviously, mm. for playing matches. doesn't a rivalry there, because it, 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 more so in the sense, I that if you lost to somebody, if you come back, if I lost to Epton or Henji, come back, well, oh, hard luck, you did, well, you got beat the course. Mm. Which, maybe you lost to Ken, it was a bigger deal to get back to the club, because, Sure, well, you lost to Ken, yeah. and likewise, if he lost, and I think subsequently he said, he felt uh, pressure. Yeah. playing other Irish players, not just me, because I know Patrick Wallace and Michael Judge, who were probably be forty, fifty right, be 40, beat him as well, so mm. just it, it can be a little bit awkward, it's probably the best way to do it, but like now, as we, as we can, great, and, uh, and like I always look for, it's great if actually you qualify, you look at the results and see Cairns qualify, you always feel like oh, happy days, you know, yeah, yeah, somebody's yeah. just travelling with her, yeah. plus more so as well, since it's been a couple of World Cups and... Mm. And events or something no, no, and then all to be fair to that, even if we were a bit competitive, his family, you know, like his brothers and that whole now, always going on great with him and his mom and come mm-hmm. around. So now we, you know, great time So amongst the competitive words, we never fought, fell out. I said always oh, a great respect from that. So you kind of knew, even in practice, you had to play well to beat him. You know? mm-hmm. um, so it was great for that, that competitive, yeah. You know. But mm. I said, it was much better, much better with the sixteen than ranked sure. 30 or 40, I don't know. Sure. 2007,
1: in Northern Ireland, you got to the final of the, of the Northern Ireland Trophy. And that, that must have been nice, because as I say, you had been maybe out of the limelight a little bit and playing in qualifiers and so on. That must have been a bit
0: of a fillip. Yeah, it was, yeah. I thing I liked the, the <coughs> <moment> that was... Because <coughs> I, I, the way I played is such, because I, I beat... Um, John Higgins was four three down. John Higgins had two centuries against him. And uh, it's funny how it goes, like talking about confidence and lack of confidence. And the day before I played Sullivan in the quarters. And the day before he played any Carter, only four centuries and, yeah. and maximum. Yeah. And I lit- I was playing playing well very comfortable. I literally had to say to miss to stop myself saying to a Sullivan, like, you know, well it's like but it's was more or less short of saying, bring it on today, like I'm ready for whatever you've got you know <laughs> which was an amazing thing, mm. and sure enough I played really well in b 5-2, but I didn't play so well in the final, um, I don't know, maybe, not so much indication, occasion, but the, the chance to win another tournament probably, uh, I said my game dipped a little piece mm. for the final, probably wasn't as clear thinking as I had been uh, during the tour. Mm. So 25 years on the tour now, Fergal, uh,
1: 1991 to the current time, and I can't. I, the only two players I can think of who, in that period, are still pros: Mark Davis, Peter Ebden. I'm not sure there are any, there are any of those an unbroken spell. So it's quite a proud record. What do you put your longevity down to? Is it is it the hard work? Are you
0: still a, a hard practiser? Firstly, I love the game. Mm. You know, so even as I said, I've, even if I've had heartbreaking defeats, mm. um, I have um, a bad day's snooker beats a good day's work. And uh, you know, there's nothing I'd, I'd, rather, I'd rather do. Mm. Um, tied into that, yeah, I, as tied into that, I do work hard, continue to put the hours in. Oh, you know, since I always have, mm. um, so obviously that stands. that you're always looking to looking to improve, talking to new people. You know, in the last few years, you know, joined the joined the running club, got fitter. Mm. Even the guy, the the running coach, Karl Car from the running coach. Club having chats with him, he's come from different sports, so there's things he would have said. And I've got you, that's very good. Mm-hmm. maybe how the runners prepare or psychology of things, so things you've added in. Well, there's two coaches in Ireland, PJ Nold and and Peter Troy, work with them. So you know, in some ways, I feel I'm a better player than I was when I am number was number nine. Mm-hmm. But obviously, it's greater strength in that, and I probably haven't had to do a little bit more consistent. i getting deeper runs in that.
1: And your wife Gene, of course, she was an Irish international. Mm-hmm. So is it a case that? Maybe you come home from a tournament. Do you have a, like a post mortem because she would understand it, or do you try not to bring all that home? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. No, no, it doesn't. Just it's you know it's. I said she didn't. She stopped playing in '93, mm. um. So now it, it does By the time I've come, because I have any disappointment if 'cause because obviously I have to travel home. Mm. So by the time I've come home the next day, like it's done, it does mm. and I'm not really going to be. Careful. I don't know. Maybe when. Before a child comes, comes on board, maybe you carry it a little bit more for a couple of days. Mm. But obviously, when she's 16 now, but since Aunt Isabel, you can't really, be, if you're going away, coming back and still be moping around for a couple of days. Mm. So so th- I'd never come back and say, oh, you know, I was three all and I was 30 head. What would you do? <laughs> 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 There's none of that. But yeah. obviously, the fact that she's into scrape that it's snook like she's had no problem watching the snooker. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, uh, probably too often, if you're watching the likes of the World Championships, it's. You're, I'd be looking are All good. Ronnie's mm. on it. this should be games, mm. so we'd watch it all the time. Good. But we wouldn't be um, getting advice as such. No. At
1: the sign of your longevity, this year, um, last season at the Championship League, you became the oldest player, at the age of forty-three to make a maximum. That was a nice little milestone.
0: Yeah, I was absolutely <laughs> delighted with that. You know, I really, really was. As um, should probably see the pictures after. Mm. I couldn't pull up. <laughs> I couldn't pull up all the next few frames just sitting in my chair so giddy i just wanted to stop the match and start ringing mm. people and telling them what i had done you know i said i should have even went if i went to the toilet even for a couple of minutes i kind of mm. um, i kind of regrouped them. no that was lovely to have again that was another thing it's only good sense to have on the CV, your career list of things you've done you mm. know because again people ask you you know What's your icebreaker have you ever had a 147 and so that was nice to tick that box.
1: Mm. It seems you still love being a snooker pro. Of course, things have changed a lot in recent times. There's more snooker than ever. Are you, are you enjoying this this busy new era?
0: Yeah, I love it. Mm. This is my only, you know, I wish I was 10, 20 years sure. younger. That's the only thing. Um, you know, if somebody, if somebody could say to me, look, I guarantee you'll have 10 more years in the tour. Mm. I'd be happy as Larry. That that's all I'd want. Mm. But um, so competitive, obviously, there's no guarantee. So no, we've never had it so good. So mm. let's see, looking back, I say, God, Starting now, mm. or you know, it was even 10 years ago, where as you said, there was only six tournaments to have all those tournaments week came week out. You know, because the best way to describe it is if you win a tournament, you want to play next week, mm. and if you lose first round, you want to play next week. Yeah, sure. So, you know, what's nuts, whatever. And mm. as I said, the fact that um, what's having not necessarily the business ends, but the fact that I'm still, you know, very fit doesn't really. Uh, I suppose as you get older, obviously you've got to manage that a little bit. About mm. Forty-four, probably not to have the fitness levels so mm. Energy, maybe you actually had at twenty-four, but I couldn't really say that. I've been be, like totally burnt out by the time. So maybe if you're getting, visitors end more often, quarter semi-final, that might have an impact, but that hasn't. Mm.
1: I suppose you have to say you're a veteran now. Really, you've been yeah, on, the, on, on the tour a quarter of a century. If if sort of young players coming through wanted advice about sort of how to behave, I guess, as a professional. What would you what what were the sort of key points you would pass on to them? Oh, good
0: question. Firstly practice, hmm. put the work in. That's the that's gonna be the, the 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 defining or deciding factor in who makes it, It doesn't as a using myself there's far more talented players than me in Ireland as a kid. Um you know, from first term proud more talent, but, you know, you you know, outwork the best and you become the best or, or one of the top players. No, so I think apart from much of the preparation you know, in the sense of doing the right things, that's what's doing do. right things, giving yourself every chance. Mm. So, you know, if you're out one you or two the you night before know, having a few beers and out chasing you know, mm. you can't be at their best level. You might still get away with it and everybody have a story at the time or the herd. If they didn't accept the herd, they up to three or four loads of points, mm. played amazing the next day. But we all are, they're very much the exception in mm. the rule. Um, you look, because when I spent was the Hendries and the Davies, and not just their practice, but the application and the effort that they put in, that's what was much of the, you know, they were going to bed early, doing it, giving themselves the best chance mm. with the work ethic, with the desire. And then uh, in the around, probably to uh as a professional, dealing with other people and, and uh, respect you know, mm. I would like to always think that people on the tour have shown respect for other players, once they've been competitive I wouldn't like to think that there's you know, just put them off in any way or mm. and like those referees or just the people in and around that you respect for them no. and all the work they're trying to do and if you, do have, if you did have an issue you got to about it the right way mm. just handing this up with a bit of is in dignity the word? Or? Mm. Well, somebody said well there's dignity to act as if the five-year-old child was rich and yeah. watching on that's, you know, I can't yeah. say I've, I've always acted <laughs> impeccably, but I think over the balance, I've tried to always respect the game, but to respect the game is not just actually we're playing, it's the people involved with it and um, trying to, yeah. As a part of the give back as best you can. Mm.
1: Absolutely. Well, it's been great to chat to you, Fergal. You've been a professional for 25 years. And if I may say so, you have been a professional. You, you have treated <laughs> the game professionally. And I think that's part of the reason you're still going strong. No reason not
0: to continue for many more years to come. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. OK, I'm thanks. Okay. Thanks. We've talked talking another 25 years.
1: <laughs> it's a day. Thank you very much, Fergal. Cheers. Thank you. Sport Social
0: Podcast Network.